Hello, hello everyone. Before we get into today's amazing podcast episode, I did want to let you know if you hadn't already heard of the Get Found on Google workshop that I am hosting later this month on June 28th from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. It is both workshop and co-working because I am going to show you how to optimize your Google business profile, give you a couple of tutorials, and then we are going to get into action and we're going to put in the work in to really optimize your Google profile. So depending on how much time we have by the end of it, you will either have a fully optimized Google business profile or be well on your way to doing so. So if you'd like to join us, check out the link in the show notes. I have two registration options for you. The first one is standard and it gets you access into this workshop, all of the tutorials. You also get me there being your Q&A master and that is $40. And then the second option is a VIP option, which you're going to get all of that Plus, you're going to get an audit by yours truly based on all the work that you have already done. So again, if you'd like to get more information and register to get found on Google, head on over to the show description for the link. Alrighty, let's get on with today's show. Hello, travel biz owner. Welcome to my corner of the travel industry, the Strategic Travel Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're ready to have fun, be inspired, get clarity, and take action in your travel business, then you're in the right place. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So nice to have you here again for another episode featuring a special guest who this is at least her second time on the podcast. She's participated in a couple other events like Prep for Wave Week that I hold every fall to help prepare you for rave season. Um, Before I bring her on, I did want to let you know that this podcast was inspired by a real life event that happened to me as a business owner. Back in April of this year, as I was doing my taxes, because I normally do my taxes myself, um, figuring out that I had a really great year in 2022, which was amazing, but I hadn't planned for it and freaking out, finding out or seeing terms like underpayment penalty, and you have to pay thousands of dollars in taxes, um, is no- nothing that I ever wanted to experience. And I don't think that you should ever have to experience this in your business life either, And so I'm going to be try to be as vulnerable as I can on this episode without giving like real specifics on everything. Um, And it took some time for us to schedule this recording because of that, because I wasn't quite as comfortable to say as much as I wanted to. But I know I'm not the only one in my boat that has had to deal with this. And uh, if I can at least get you thinking in a different way about your finances and planning for tax time. That really is the goal with this episode is and taking action on that as well. So without further ado, welcome back to the podcast, friend and travel industry colleague, Stephanie Cannon. Hi, Rita. Thanks for having me back. I actually think this is my third time, maybe. I know. I was like, is this the Trying third? to remember. I think it's the third <laughs> Yeah, just we we've done so many things in the past. I'm like, I don't know if it's the second or the third. 
but um, I think it was really appreciating the insight because um, again, for everybody that doesn't know, once I figured out that in my tax program, it was like, haha, you have an underpayment penalty and you have to pay thousands of dollars. I immediately messaged Steph and I was like, well, I'm screwed. Yay, me. <laughs> uh, so I immediately hired a tax professional after our little calm, calm down session. <laughs> yes, that's always the next best step. <laughs> I guess where we can start off in here, especially since I already mentioned it, the underpayment penalty, what I know the underpayment penalty as is that you are supposed to pay quarterly. My previous thought and pay your taxes quarterly if you are making a profit in your business. My previous thought was that that pertained or that that related specifically to LLCs and finding out, nope, that's all businesses. Or I previously thought it was towards LLCs in specific states that had to pay quarterly taxes. Not all businesses in general. And quickly finding out, you all, everybody, if you're making a profit, I feel like the first indicator for me would have been to like go into my spreadsheets and been like, oh, you're making money. So you got to pay the government every quarter. But I don't think everybody knows that. I obviously did not know that. Yeah. So let me interject with a little bit of a disclaimer before I yes. say anything. Yes. <laughs> because even though I am a licensed CPA, um, I'm not anybody's listening. Like I'm not your individual CPA. So everything that we talk about here is relevant. It's legal above, you know, above board for tax laws and tax regulations, but you also need to do your due diligence because it may or may not apply to each person listening, or it may apply in a different way. So it's only meant to be information that you can then take and dive into a little bit further, preferably with a professional who mm -hmm. not only understands tax regulations and laws, but also can understand your business as well. So yeah. put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And as a background, cause I just, I just word vomited and started right in there, but as a background, Stephanie is a CPA and is a travel advisor. So she has experience on both fronts. Yes. But she's not your CPA <laughs> yet, <laughs> no. unless you hire her. <laughs> Just put out there, I do not prepare tax returns. <laughs> That's kind of one of the common thoughts when people hear about a CPA, like, oh, you prepare taxes. Uh, no, I yes. used to, which is where all of this started. And then, of course, I took down my shingle, per se. You know, when they say you hang your shingle <laughs> as mm, yeah. like a business owner took it down. Um, when I decided to break ties almost <laughs> entirely mm -hmm. with the financial world, because I was so burnt out from my corporate job and even my uh, CPA firm job that I jumped into travel, which is totally different. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, all that was going really well, still kept my feet in the, the accounting thing all along because being a business owner, duh, we have to, uh, my husband owns a business and we own a couple others with partners of ours. So it was in our best interest overall <laughs> for me to keep up with all of this. Um, 
but then pandemic hit and like, mm-hmm. well, let's start helping others in the industry, you know, having heard and seen and witnessed at various events or in Facebook groups, like just the types of questions that would come up. So mm-hmm. yeah, all the fun stuff. So back to paying quarterly <laughs> tax estimates. So quarterly estimates is really not just a business thing. Because when you when you think about your quarterly tax estimates, so it's different whether um, if you're a corporation, it's different. So we're going to eliminate like the traditional C corporation from this conversation because okay. um, it's a completely different criteria. But as an individual, as an LLC owner slash member, um, or you could be a partner in a partnership or um, a shareholder in an S corporation. So all of that income gets reported on your individual tax return, even though their business returns to file for a partnership in an S corporation, they don't pay taxes themselves. It flows through to the individual tax return. And that's where the quarterly estimates come in. So it's based on what your overall income tax return looks like at the end of the year. So that could be a combination of wages if you know, we have a lot of people in the industry uh, getting their feet wet. They're still working a job, whether it's full-time, part-time. So they have a W-2. Um, if you're married and you file jointly with your spouse, of course, that's, you know, all of their income is included. Maybe you have investments, um, rentals. Maybe you have multiple businesses and you have several Schedule Cs. Mm-hmm. So all of that gets combined together to calculate your income. And then, of course, there are certain deductions you can take against that. And the net of the two is what's considered um, your tax liability. So the estimates pay against that tax liability throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But if you've ever worked for somebody before and you've gotten a W-2, typically federal withholding, state withholding, you know, other taxes are taken out before you actually get your paycheck. Right. So that is the withholding that covers the taxes associated with that salary or wage as a business owner, that doesn't happen. So we as self-employed are responsible for setting aside. However, that happens. Everybody's a little bit different Mm -hmm. um, setting aside and then also paying in based on the IRS quarterly dates portions of the payment to kind of, and it is an estimate. It does not need to be exact. (laughs) (laughs) But you're kind of estimating what you think you're going to owe for the year and almost breaking that up into four quarterly payments. So you're not having to pay it all in at once. And then in a perfect world, like the net (laughs) would be zero. That rarely happens. Right. (laughs) Unless you're like somebody like me who just hones in on the numbers as well as we can and makes mm-hmm. it so, so close that it's like, oh, they owe me like $50 back or something. Right, right. But so I think that trips up business owners in itself. Um, and I've heard it called so many different things like file quarterly. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by file quarterly? Are you talking about quarterly payroll reports, which is completely different That would be if you have employees, like those reports are filed quarterly, or do you mean pay quarterly tax estimates? So the language is a little bit different. And um, so I have to clarify when people (laughs) mention those things. 
but um, one thing to be aware of, aware of, because you talked about, you know, thinking that the LLCs and paying tax was specific states. Right. Well, there's a federal level. So that's what these quarterly estimates are at the federal level. But then you also have the income tax at the state level and every state is different. Oh, so I guess I should be very glad that I'm in a state that does not have state income tax. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so that sounds there's complicated. Only, there's like five or seven states that don't have income tax. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yes, there's federal and state and even some there's local taxes. So it depends on where you live. Okay. It's always fun to keep track of all that stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I don't, it's not something that I think it's like one of those like big clouds that, you know, could be coming over your business, but you don't case in point myself. I didn't think about it until it actually happened. And then I didn't think, and this is with me even like tracking everything. So also this is the importance of why you should, if you're tracking, also look to see what you're making um, outside of your profit minus expenses. I knew I was profitable in 2022, but I didn't think I was profitable enough for the government to be like, hey, you owe us money. And so when that realization came to be, I was like, oh, shoot. And I would not wish that feeling on anybody else, which is why I was like, I need to talk about it so that people are aware that this is a possibility and I don't want anybody else to have to experience this. So if you can learn from my detriment that happened, uh, yay. (laughs) Right. And I mean, it happens. It's not just you. It happens Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. And I will share um, a personal story of when my husband first started his business. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, we kept his salary small. We weren't sure what the initial money coming in and all that was going to look like and didn't want to commit to something and then find out, oh, we don't have the money to pay your salary this month, right, right, from the business. So it was low, but also we had to pay in quarterly estimates. Mm -hmm. And between my business and his business, it was like, it was really a challenge because he, not being a numbers person, he's very much a management, like coaching type of person, total opposite of me. (laughs) (laughs) He's very high level. I'm very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. And I would tell him, you know, we have these quarterly estimates to pay and here's how much federal is and here's how much state is. I need you to write, you know, a check to cover some of this. Uh And he would look at me like, why are we paying so much? I'm like, what do you mean? Why are we paying so much? It's because you have a profit and we have to pay tax (laughs) on that profit plus our other income, you know, plus what's going on in my business and the other businesses that we own. It was like this whole thing. So we had calculated and estimated it for the year and it was always a struggle. And then finally I was like, increase your salary, take extra withholding out of your paycheck, you know, every single month. Mm-hmm. And then we can get away with the, you know, like get rid of these estimated tax payments because right. it was always a struggle. And some people find that easier to do if their spouse works a job and gets a W-2, like just figure out how much extra maybe to take out and withhold. It doesn't matter who pays for mm-hmm. it or what it's paid for because it's a joint thing and 
you both are going to owe it at the end of the year anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it was for one business versus another really doesn't matter as long as it's paid for. But, you know, the thing about not understanding the taxes, my husband was comparing himself to other insurance agents. And he's like, well, this one's not paying it in. How come they don't have to pay so much? And of course, every situation is completely individualized and right. different situations and circumstances. But what happened was they thought that they had been paying it enough, or I don't know what they thought. Their accountant was doing something really weird with their estimates and they get to the end of the year and owed $15,000. I'm like, this is why (laughs) we look at it and we really understand, you know, what components make up that tax. Right. So it can be at least estimated in enough accuracy so that you don't end up with $10,000, $15,000. And there's ways to do that. Um, not just, you know, oh, here's what I think it's going to be and paying quarterly estimates. You can do mid-year assessments. Right. Where am I based on what I thought I was going to profit? Is that where I am? And one of the, the things that I recommend for every business, I don't care how big, how small, if your business money flows through to your individual income tax, that you do an 11 month update. So at the end of November, you like update your numbers and kind of project where you think December is going to be. That should mm. be pretty close and like figure it out before you pay your fourth estimate of the year. So maybe it needs to be adjusted up. Maybe it could come down. Okay. All of those different things, but at least you're not waiting until April 15th and caught off guard. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Because not only are the taxes due, but then because you didn't pay the taxes when you were supposed to quarterly, I feel like that should have been included in some business handbook, the invisible business handbook that doesn't like really exist. Um, it doesn't, but, but it's very much uh, like, and it's funny because I had heard of quarterly taxes, but again, I didn't think it's something that, and maybe I'm like, when you register for your FEIN number to be like, can you, can like, is that something that's included in the paperwork? Because I know, so figured out that I didn't pay the taxes like I should have, um, hired an amazing bookkeeper, tax bookkeeper, who thankfully all of my spreadsheets and things were in a row and half of that because I have two businesses one being the travel business that's thanks to you and your spread your spreadsheets for keeping the travel business um accounts and everything on track and that things were able to be done quickly so I I will let you in that on top of my debacle here I decided to do my taxes probably a week before taxes were due and was like, oh no, I am not doing this by myself, (laughs) by myself anymore. Uh, And thankfully had like a really amazing, it was a a couple of two things. I had a really amazing tax accountant that I knew that was able to take me on as a last minute client because I was fully prepared to 
pay whatever fee it was to get a tax extension, but they were able to file me on time. So one, thankfully for him. And then two, thankfully for all the spreadsheets that I had that were really outlined and detailed that let him like almost like flawlessly execute everything into the tax software so that he could essentially spit back out. Okay. This is, this is what the real scenario looks like. Yeah. And it could be intimidating for one. Yes. Um, Cause especially so like, you know, I, I'm mixed emotions here. Mm-hmm. Tax, DIY tax software. Right. <laughs> so for a very simple tax return, you can probably follow the instructions and, you know, do what you need to do mm-hmm. for something that's a little more complex. If you just breeze through, because usually people are in a rush and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I just want to type these numbers in, right? We've got uh, better things to do than work on taxes, but you don't want to pay the fee mm-hmm. to have somebody do it for you. You can really breeze by some things and miss a simple checkbox. And in something like TurboTax, missing a checkbox could potentially lose you um, a major deduction and you don't even realize mm-hmm. it. So that's where having somebody who really understands not just your business, but the tax law and what it should be showing and what forms, you know, you may only fill out information in one page and the numbers that go there feed like five different things Mm -hmm. to do calculations behind the scenes. And most of these tax softwares, they're very good. Their, you know, calculations are pretty accurate, if not like 99.9%, you know, on point with what they're supposed to be, but it's the actual user of the software that Mm -hmm. may not be familiar. And we run into that in travel business. How many people are struggling with things like travel joy, like how to actually use it the way it's designed to be used. So it's the same thing with the tax. If you don't understand like what the end (laughs) really should look like, then how do you know that you did it correctly? And that may have been where you were when you were putting in your numbers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not what I want to see. And then you get somebody who is familiar and maybe there's just one little thing that, you know, right. was left off somewhere that gave you the extra deduction to lower your tax bill. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what happened is that Obviously, a tax pro is way knowledgeable on tax code and all that. So he asked me for, I don't even remember what it was, but he asked me for something that helped reduce like what was owed. And um, I, I, it was that, but I think it's also a mixture of you being curious about your business and what types of things can be deducted for your own business. So I asked him about, and it, like, there was one last, I was like, this is going to be my last ditch effort. Cause I don't think anything else that I have can be expendable or, or like deductible or creditable. And so he was able to make it work. Thankfully, because it, it was according to the law. Cause there were a lot of things that he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it's, part of like working with a a professional in this, but also being, having like a little bit of education yourself and like asking the the questions and being curious and being open to, to whatever possibilities might be able to happen. Because I know after that, I am doing things differently in my business. And again, like being vulnerable, I did not have my finances 
organized bank account wise the way that they should have. They are now because I was like, I need to make this process easier, not only like month to month, but year over year so that I can not only like make taxis and easier, but just making decisions based on actual data and finance easier. Yeah. And, you know, for anybody listening who has been in my world for a while, (laughs) Rita knows like I, this is my, I get up on my soapbox. And one of the main things is keep business and personal separate. Mm -hmm. And I always have to say, yes, I know you want to earn miles. You want to, you know, get points and there's a way to do that, but still keep it separate because when it's commingled, there's many different things that can happen. Um, If you listen to any of the legal things, especially if you have an LLC or an S corporation, you know, that could jeopardize your limited liability. I'm not a lawyer, but I understand how this works. And you set up those types of entities to give you the the liability protection from, you know, your personal liability for a reason. And you can very uh, much jeopardize that by continually combing commingling money and paying for personal things out of business accounts or out of your business. There's ways you can do that and still get your miles. So don't worry. (laughs) And then um, the other one is it just makes it so much easier to track because it's all in one place. Like to me, that's, that's the winner right there is when you look at your bank account, you know, everything that went into or out of that bank account was for your business. When you look at your credit card, you know, everything that you charged on there was only for your business. And it's so much easier, especially if you're, so maybe, you know, you're using a spreadsheet and I have one that I teach people how to download their line items to a CSV file and copy and paste them in and take care Mm -hmm. of them very quickly. If they're not ready for some cloud-based bookkeeping software. But if you're using something like I'll use QuickBooks for an example, and I know a lot of people shy away from it because there is a monthly cost and it seems very overwhelming and complex, but when it's set up correctly and your bank feeds are connected, it's like so efficient. Right. (laughs) But that's only if the things going through those bank accounts are 100% business related and not a mixture of everything going on in your life, business and personal, because now right. you you know have to deal with half of the items are personal and you, you have to touch those. Like, why do you need to? Right, right. Well, and that's because um, I had business accounts, but I wasn't using them fully like I should have because I didn't want to be charged the fee for using X amount of transactions. And I remember talking with my tax accountant about this and he was like, but it's deductible Rita. Cause it's a business expense. And I'm like, I, I, sometimes it's like, you just need that extra person to be like, you need to do the thing. And yep. that's, that's, I mean, we're in business because we're that person for our, our clients. Speaking of like travel business owners, people who want to travel the world go to you because they don't know the ins and the outs and they need like permission on certain things and insights on certain things because you are the expert in that realm. Whereas like finances and me kind of like 
they don't go totally over my head. Like I am from this experience. So everything is separate now. Uh, not totally, but I would say I'm 90, 90% the way there. And like May, June is going to be my transition period to make sure my marketing business is on my marketing business account. My travel business is on my travel business account. And all my personal stuff is just the personal stuff and going from there. So like for me, that was step one in being better. <laughs> yeah, that and that's the perfect first step. Well, really like being aware that it gives you a benefit to have them separate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the first thing I think a lot of people may not be aware of what it can do for them. Um, and I'll give you another reason, tax related, of course. Um, you know, if you're running a business and you have your things mixed and this is more for the partnerships as corporation type of thing. If you have your stuff mixed um, in your personal or in your business paying for personal, then if you're ever selected randomly or at cause for a tax audit and they see this mixture, now they're able to see your personal too because mm-hmm. they're asking for it. And you just don't want to open up to more than what you have to give them for what they're choosing to audit. Like do not feed them more than what they need minimally. Mm -hmm. Like you're just open. uh, Yeah. It just opens up a whole nother thing. And people, if you've never been through that or never worked with somebody through that, you probably don't even know that that's a thing, but I've heard of more and more travel advisors, you know, going through an audit and it's not a fun process, no matter who you are, or what they're looking at, or what they're, you know, trying to get out of it. It's not a fun process at all. Mm-hmm. And it eats up your time, right? Um, because there's, you know, things you need to do on your end, right. to satisfy what they're asking for. Right. And I think like, that's, that's, I think there was internally like, a, no, I don't want to deal with it. Like there was a pull against me. And it was like, no, you have to deal with you have to deal with this head on and you have to deal with it right now because aside from the looming underpayment penalty but also having to pay taxes was like well I didn't plan like and that's where I feel somewhat profit planning comes into the tax planning conversation solely because when you are taking income from people so you're earning commissions you're getting your planning fees a portion of that has to be set aside for taxes. And I know me again, like vulnerable, vulnerable moment, open moment here for me, like my financial situation is not the best. So I did not plan for that. Will I be doing that this year? Heck yeah. So a lot of my focus has been on instead of being like reactive to be more proactive So knowing that I have like this tax debt, but also future tax implications to keep in mind, what can I do now to one, lower my tax responsibility for future, but also two, increase my profit 
so that I can cover all the expenses and not have to worry about anything, but also put myself in a better financial situation for this year and the years to come. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Remember to check out the show notes for all relevant links and resources from today's show. See you next time.